Hello, and welcome to the How to Get an Analytics Job podcast. My name is John David Arianson, and I'm your host. I'm what you would call a practicing professor. I have years of experience consulting in the analytics industry, and I have years of experience teaching analytics in the classroom at Greensboro College. This podcast is an ecosystem that I developed for my students so that they could get world-class career advice from leading analytics experts. To date, my students have got to ask questions directly to analysts and data scientists from Amazon, Apple, and Google. They've even got to talk directly to CEOs, CMOs, and presidents of companies who have been former clients of mine to get insights on how senior managers use data to drive their business decisions. If you're interested in becoming one of my students, check the links in the description down below. I'm currently offering two programs. One is a one-month career services program, and the other is an analytics apprenticeship program associated with Greensboro College. In both of those programs, we take a three-tiered hybrid approach. So you'll have access to pre-recorded asynchronous lectures, live group lectures in a cohort setting, and one-on-one coaching with experts in the analytics space. On average, our students are gaining about a $16,000 pay increase going through the program. On the high end, we've actually helped someone achieve a $54,000 pay increase. This means that on average, our students are recouping their investment between one to two months of landing their job. So if you're ready to take your career to the next level, click the links in the description and apply for our program. I would love to get to work with you. With all that being said, I hope you enjoy this podcast episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. So we've got an amazing episode and it's actually a follow-up from our previous episode in that Rachel, our Silvertone Analytics Career Service student, just landed a first offer. So if you remember from the previous episode, her goal was to land a $70,000 a year analytics job. She just got a total compensation offer for 76000 And in this episode, she's actually joined our lecture with Katie Underwood, who joined my team back in December and has been working with my students kind of behind the scenes to help them negotiate salary. So in this episode, what you're going to do is you're going to get to sit in and listen to that conversation of how Katie frames up how Rachel can negotiate that salary even higher. So this episode is just jam-packed full of amazing insights. So you get to hear Rachel's full story. You get to hear Katie's take on how to or just approach this conversation overall. And she gives some tactical advice on how to phrase it when you're sending a counter offer. So very specific verbiage and frames that allow you to negotiate a whole lot more smoothly. So with all that being said, I hope you enjoy the episode. We're here to talk about a counter offer today. Congratulations. Um, first, when I like to talk about counter offers, well, firstly, let me explain why I'm so passionate about them. Um, I think it's a rare opportunity in life where you can have, uh, you know, you and I will talk for 10 minutes here, 
and you will talk for five minutes with a recruiter and it could mean thousands of dollars difference in your salary. Um, your starting salary is really important at a company because that's what all of your future raises are based on. So, you know, having an uncomfortable moment here, um, it never feels comfortable for anybody to negotiate salary unless you've done it a ton, I think. It's not even comfortable for me to do it for myself. Um, but it could mean thousands of dollars of difference. Um, so I want to encourage you and empower you to uh, present a counter offer. I think um, the students in our program have had, some of them, the companies say, no, that was our best offer initially. Most of them actually have meet somewhere in the middle. So it usually is a fruitful conversation um, and never has someone said, oh, how dare you present a counter offer? So never mind, the job's not yours anymore. That doesn't happen, and I know that's a fear of everyone um, <laughs> when they are negotiating. So I want to assure you that won't happen. Um, and let's talk a little bit about kind of the offer, Rachel. Um, it'd be helpful if you could tell me kind of some of the key parts of the role, like the job title, but also the function, um, and then remote or in-person, where you're going to be located, all those kinds of things will help kind of me understand kind of more about the offer. Absolutely. So um, it's going to be for the role of a compensation analyst, um, which uh, I'll be working as part of a benefits team within their HR department. And there will be two comp analysts, myself and an existing analyst. And we're going to be working with uh, primarily Excel and a couple of proprietary, um, you know, BI reporting tools um, to basically just analyze um, all the employees' compensation for Fresh Market. Um, and this is both in their corporate headquarters here in Greensboro and for all the employees in the stores. Mm -hmm. um, the reason they're bringing on a second analyst is because they have started moving their bonuses from annual to quarterly. So, Mm -hmm. um, that's what they have decided to do. And because it's based not just on uh, the quarter, but also the higher date, they're basically every week they have staggered out, you know, um, bonuses going out to everyone and they're constantly updating and analyzing performance metrics and doing the math on that to sort of calculate, okay, here's the bonus we pay you out this quarter. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just proving to be, a little too much work for one person and I don't blame them. Um, mm -hmm. There's also going to be some uh, bridging over working on just some basic letters and reports uh, with the rest of the benefits team um, mm -hmm. because there are, you know, collaborative efforts and projects um, that the whole team will work on like uh, 401k benefits changes, um, company-wide changes in uh like merit-based um, bonuses or like short-term promotions, uh, company discounts, things like that. Um, the average like market value salary um, is, you know, I looked it up. It was like, you know, Google was telling me about 55 to 60K. Um, looking at the fresh market specifically on, I think it was Glassdoor their range is like 60 to 65K. And that's kind of what got discussed a bit during um, initial interviews, uh, though it didn't actually come up much. And then the actual offer they sent me was 68. Okay. 
So about three above what I was expecting. And that's right about where I wanted to land was between 65 and 70. Um, And then on top of that, qualify for um, yearly bonus of 13% of that pre-tax salary, which I think will come out to about um, 8,800 a year. And I think that that's going to get split up by quarter starting next year. I'm just doing the math over here on my calculator. Okay. So that's a total package of like 76,000, 77,000. Um, so I'm curious, did you ever give them a, a number that you were looking for? I know you said you did some research yourself, which is perfect. That's awesome to do. I know I've given you guys some numbers too of some ranges, but it's also to do your own research. So I'm glad to hear you did that already. Um, so did you give a number um, initially or was this just something that they've come up with and you haven't really had an input yet? Um, so they did ask me um, kind of like what, you know, do you have sort of any ideas around compensation? And I told them uh, based on just market value and the workload expected in the position um, that my minimum would be 65. Okay. Um, because that was the bottom of my personal range where I wanted to land. So, Mm -hmm. um, that's, they did say that, uh, they did, they didn't reach the 68 kind of arbitrarily. Um, it's just based on current salaries of the rest of the benefits team and past people in the role. So they, you know, they did explain, you didn't just pull this out of a hat, uh, which was nice. Yeah. Um, So that was... Yeah, it was part of that. And as for the, I know you asked about whether the role was um, remote or on-site. It's a hybrid role, uh, Monday through Wednesday, usually on-site. Thursday, Fridays, typically everyone is remote. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. The the reason remote versus in-person or hybrid is important, I have seen that um, hybrid or in-person roles are still bound to kind of cost of living especially if you live in the lower cost of living area, um, you might be on the lower end of that like average range. Um, I think Greensboro falls probably in the middle cost of living, certainly not high cost of living. Um, So to be honest with you, I feel like that offers a pretty good one. Um, I also do feel like, you know, with another analyst on the team, they're not going to offer you significantly more than what that other person makes. And you do, you will probably be bound, your offer will probably be bound that they probably need to keep within some certain percentage threshold to that other person, just to be fair to everyone. Um, so they can't pay you, you know, 10 grand more than they pay that person. Um, that, that wouldn't be fair. Um, so I do feel like that's a pretty good offer. Um, did they say what parts, or did you ask which parts of the offer were negotiable? We're going to take a quick pause from the episode so that I can give you some more information about our career services program. Over the last four years, I have developed a very effective approach to teaching the foundations of analytics. And I've taken that same curriculum from my case studies and business analytics class at Greensboro College and turned it into a career services program. 
So if you've ever thought to yourself as you're listening to this podcast, man, John David students are really lucky. You can have a very similar experience to them. Just check the link in the description down below. My career services program offers you an analytics foundations curriculum. So this will shore up any gaps in knowledge that you might have in landing either a promotion or maybe even your very first analytics job. And then you get to work one-on-one with me to help build your personal brand. So we will look at your resume and also help you develop a customized portfolio. All right, let's get back to the episode. Um, So that's something I didn't think to ask. (laughs) You can go back and ask in the email if you want. Um, But that's one of the tips that I like to give our students is, you know, when you receive an offer, thank you very much for the offer, which parts are negotiable? Because some people, some companies, only salary is negotiable. Bonus is fixed. PTO days is fixed. Uh, Hiring, uh, like a hiring bonus is fixed or not available. Um, but some, it is available um, and it is negotiable. Um, so the students in our program, they have certainly negotiated their salary. They've also negotiated a signing bonus. They've also negotiated more PTO and they've negotiated their start date, um, meaning that they allowed themselves a little bit of buffer between ending a job and starting a new job. Um, So all those types of things, you know, I'm not sure if any of those sound more important or less important to you, Rachel, um, but you don't have to go back with just countering on that salary, especially because I think, you know, we can counter on the salary. I think, you know, you could go up a little bit, doesn't hurt to ask, but that's a pretty fair salary. So I don't think, you know, there's probably tons of room there. But if you say, you know, I'd really like to start in a month, um, that's something you could bring up or, you know, hey, it'd be great to get a signing bonus. You could ask for that too. So is there anything that comes to mind that you think sounds more appealing that you'd like to counter on versus other parts? Honestly, um, after having reviewed the offer in its entirety with the um, with the PTO, um, they actually do have a start date in mind. Um, and it's a little under two weeks from now, which works out perfectly for me because I'm going to be phasing out of a part-time job that I've been holding right about that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the start date, the PTO were both good. Um, and overall, like the benefits package that they sent me with all the information um, is it's very comprehensive and it really exceeded my expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're pumped to take this job tomorrow. <laughs> you're yeah, ready to call back and say, it's let me take it. I actually did mention it to John David. I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to say to Katie because this offer was, um, you know, it far exceeded my expectations. Um, and I wasn't, I was expecting to push back on maybe benefits or maybe insurance or something um, because those were really important to me because, you know, like I've got a 401k that I previous company matched um, quite a bit and all that's going to roll over and I don't want that to go to waste, but their 401k match is good. Health insurance, fantastic. Um, The retirement planning is all really solid. So I was like, dang, I don't, (laughs) I really don't feel the need to negotiate um, where it where it stands. Um, yeah. I wish I, I wish I had more for you because um, I was ready to 
come right back at them with a counter offer um, if they offered 65 yeah. uh, or lower, but, but they, you know, they kind of exceeded yeah. expectations. Well, here's, here's my advice. Um, I still think you should counter. You said, even though you're thrilled with the offer, you know, it's awesome to be thrilled. I'm really happy for you. I hope every student in this program gets an offer that they're just thrilled about. That's the dream and the goal for me. Um, but I do still think you should counter. I think, you know, you told them minimum 65. They came back at 68. Um, I think there's still room to go up a little bit there. I think that's still, you know, that's not a bad offer. Um, but I would say, you know, 72, maybe 71, 73, something in there, whatever number you're comfortable with. Um, that's not even 5% more than what they asked than what they offered you. So they probably have that approved in their budget. They probably have a little bit of upward wiggle room. Um, I, I don't think many companies give their best offer first. I think most companies or another way to say that I think most companies anticipate a little bit of negotiation. Um, so I would go back and ask them, you know, this is a perfect case where no harm, no foul, you're still happy with the offer. But wouldn't that be just totally thrilling if you ask for 71 and they say yes? Oh, yeah. Um, I think I'll, I think I will do that. Just uh, come back to them and ask about, uh, see if I can negotiate and bump them up a bit yeah. more. Um, it's a little less awkward for me to, because me and the um, the talent manager specifically, um, who I've been communicating with about the offer, was the same person who did my initial screening call and we really hit it off. So we've yeah. already got like that rapport going. So it's going to be a little less awkward. So yeah. I, I yeah. think I'll yeah I think I'll come back with a counter offer. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, anywhere, I would personally, my gut feel anywhere between 71 and 73, I think any number in there is probably reasonable to to, to pick. Um, a couple of the reasons, you know, um, one thing I've learned with our students is that it's nice for them to have some verbiage on like a justification of why maybe you're asking for a counter offer. So a couple of things you could say, um, you choose which ones apply to you or which ones you want to use. Um, one is market research. You know, you've already done that. You could do a little more. Um, you could be very specific and send them sources and links of here's what a range is that I'm looking at. Or you could just say, you know, I've been doing some research and really, you know, both 70s is really what a, a, um, a good average is for an analyst in Greensboro or in North Carolina or whatever. Um, you know, so what do you think about 71 instead of 68 or something? Um, so market research is definitely one. Um, another reason you could say is um, the complexity of the job. So inherently in job interviews, when you give a number initially, you say, I want 65 or something, you gave them that number and you hadn't, you don't know as much about the job as you do now. So inherently you could say, you know, I said minimum 65 um, after hearing more about the job requirements. This sounds like, you know, something that's worthy of a higher, a higher pay. You know, this is more intensive than I thought it was going to be initially. Um, so you could say, I've learned any way of saying, you know, I've learned more about the position. And therefore, I think that commands, a, the position commands a higher salary than what my initial number said. Um, so first one being market research, second one being I just learned more about the position. 
Um, and then the third reason you could say if it applies to you is um, if you've interviewed with any other companies and you know what the range is from other companies. Or you could talk to a couple of students here, um, a couple of our alumni or a couple of students who could say, listen, I've talked to a couple of people who have entered the profession lately and they have, you know, they have more of a mid-70s kind of salary or something. So it's kind of market research, but um, more personal. Instead of just a website telling you number, it's here's what a recruiter told me a very similar number was at a different company, or here's what my friend is making um, that just landed a job very similarly. So you can think about how to apply that. Um, but that would be the third reason that I, or the third way justification, if you feel like you need any justification, uh, those are three easy ways, you know, pick or choose all three or combination of whatever. Um, but hopefully that helps you with some language to feel more confident about instead of just saying, how about 71 or 72? You can say, how about, how about 73 because of X, Y, Z? Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be using at least one of those. It'll make it feel a little bit less like uh, throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Um, one thing I have heard um, when people present a counteroffer and you can decide, um, I have heard some um, some recruiters on the other side play a little bit of hardball and they say, well, we've already got the budget approved. If I really need, if you really won't take the current offer, then I need to go back and get more approvals or something. So will you take the current offer or something like that? Um, kind of push back on you on the call. So I would be prepared with an answer. Um, either way, if they push back on whatever, you know, yes, I'll take what you currently gave me or no, 71 is my new current minimum. Um, I think I know what your answer is, Rachel, after talking to you about this, you're already happy with what they've offered, but still it'd be something good um, just in case you know, I have heard that happen before. Um, so just in case, you know, I don't want you feeling flustered. Um, they may, they'll probably just say, okay, thanks for the, uh, thanks for that. You know, let me go back to hiring manager and see what we can get you. That will probably be their response. But in case they come back with a, well, you know, this was already approved or whatever. Are you saying you won't take this offer or something else? Like, you know, you can, yes, I'll take this offer, but I'd be thrilled with 71. I would take 68, I would be thrilled with 71 and see what they come back with. You know, it's not going to be, like I said earlier, a situation where they're going to pull out the offer entirely and say, how dare she ask for a little more, like, we don't want her, something that will never happen. Um, so I'm excited for you. Um, we're not the only two on the call. I guess I should pause here. Um, we have a couple of our other students on tonight for a portfolio review. Uh, any questions from any others on the call here about Rachel's offer or about some of the tactics I shared? I'm just curious about um, how long have you been uh, doing the Silvertone Analytics thing and did you just do the Career Services program? Yep, so I was in the cohort uh, previous to this one and uh, John, David and Katie actually encouraged me to start applying to jobs two weeks in to uh, my time at the cohort. And I was thinking, oh no, it's it's too early. I don't have my portfolio built out yet, no, no, no. And they're like, no, 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 just trust us, just start applying. And um, that definitely gave me a head start um, because I think 
I heard, I first heard back from Fresh Market, I think right before the last class of my cohort, um, first heard back from them. And then that whole process has taken about a month total to get um, all four kind of interviews slash screening calls over with. Okay, so it was like, what, like a month and a half or two months? Yep. Since you, okay, cool. It's good to know. I would say on that, uh, the timing, I I think I, I feel confident enough now saying there's a trend. Um, remote jobs, if you want fully remote job, that takes longer to fill. If you're open to a hybrid or an in-person role, that takes a little less time. I think I've seen that enough now to, to feel comfortable calling that a trend. Um, so just something to consider. Um, I know everyone is a little bit different in their circumstances, but if time is a factor and you want to get a job ASAP, uh, in-person roles would probably be the easiest, uh, hybrid second, and then fully remote would take the longest to fill, just purely because of competition, I think. Um, for those roles. I think the competition is really fierce for uh, remote roles. So. That makes and sense. Rachel, I, oh, sorry, Danny. <laughs> Go ahead, Ben. Uh, actually, I was, I was wondering if you had any HR um, background um, and also how you felt about negotiating compensation, being that you're going to be working as a compensation analyst. Uh, I actually don't have any HR background. Um, I, they were really interested in my background in finance because I know I'm used to working with financial data and they got especially interested during the on-site interview when I mentioned, hey, through this analytics program I've been part of, I've also worked with enterprise resource planning data. I've worked with, um, you know, Power BI dashboards and plotting out different KPIs. And they were like, oh, okay, so you're used to all kinds of data sets. I was like, yeah, I've worked with um, big data sets, you know, pretty frequently, especially lately. Um, they, I think, were less concerned about the hard skills there. So the fact that I had no HR experience wasn't really concerned. Uh, as for, you know, trying to negotiate compensation, given that I'm going to be a compensation analyst, um a little bit weird a little bit awkward for sure um but i'm just gonna think about it like what um the hr manager actually said to me during the interview he's like yeah sometimes the job is great you get to feel like santa um because you bring people good news and sometimes you're just, you're, you're like bad santa and you bring them bad news so it's, it's like well um it's either gonna be christmas or it's just gonna be you know tuesday to be clear, it's kind of going to be Christmas or it's going to be like Thanksgiving or something because you're still getting an awesome <laughs> job you're super excited about. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Any other questions for Rachel? Okay. Um, Rachel, thanks for joining. Super pumped for you. Congratulations again. I'm so excited you found a job you love in just two months. Um, your hard work is clearly paying off. Uh, let me know how the counter offer goes. I'm always curious and excited to hear like that you're brave enough to do it and that it worked. It, it really makes me super happy. Uh, I'm sure it's something will come of it. So thanks again for the time. Good luck uh, and congratulations.
Thank you. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I'm curious, were there any valuable insights or lessons that you learned? One thing that could hugely help us out is if you just took 30 seconds and left us a review with a little blurb about what you learned. Thank you so much for your time and attention, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.